0: Chapters twenty, twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three of Ruth Hall by Fanny Fern. Recording by Deborah Knight. Why in the world, Ruth, are you wandering about there like a ghost in the moonlight? said Harry, rubbing open his sleepy eyes. Hist, Harry! Listen to Daisy's breathing. It sounds as if it came through a brazen tube. She must be ill little wife, don't torment yourself. She has only a bad cold, which, of course, appears worse at night. Her breathing is irregular because her head is too low. Give her this pillow. There. Now she's comfortable. What a frightened little puss you are. Your hands tremble as if you had the palsy. Now go to sleep. It must be near two o'clock. You'll be sick yourself to-morrow.' and Harry, wearied out with an annoying day of business, was soon fast asleep. Only the eye of God watches like a mother's. Ruth could not sleep. She was soon again at Daisy's side, with her fingers upon her wrist and her eye fixed upon the child's face, marking every contortion of feature, noting every change of posture. "'What is it, darling?' asked her mother, as Daisy grasped her throat with both hands. "'It hurt,' said the child. Ruth glanced at Harry. He was so weary it were a pity to wake him needlessly. Perhaps her fears were groundless, and she was over-anxious, and then, perhaps, Daisy really needed immediate medical aid. Ruth's fears preponderated. "'Dear Harry,' said she, laying her hand softly on his forehead, "'do call at Pat and send for the doctor.' certainly if you think best said harry springing up but it is a cold night for the old man to come out and really ruth daisy has only a stuffed cold please let pat go said ruth pleadingly i shall feel happier harry it was a venturous undertaking to rouse pat suddenly as his bump of destructiveness generally woke first, and a fight seemed always with him a necessary preliminary to a better understanding of things. Hold, hold, said Harry, seizing his brawny, belligerent fists. Not quite so fast, man. Open your eyes and see who I am. Did I strike your honor? said Pat. I hope you'll forgive me, but you see I was just born with my fist doubled up. All right. "'said his master, laughing. "'But get on your clothes as soon as possible, "'harness Romeo, and bring the old gentleman up here. "'Mrs. Hall feels very uneasy about Daisy, "'and wants him to prescribe for her. "'I'll bring him back in a flash,' said Pat, "'but what'll I do if he won't come?' "'Who's there? What do you want? "'Speak quick, if you've anything to say, "'for I'm catching the rheumatiz in my head,' said the doctor." as he poked his bald pole out the cottage window into the frosty night air. Who are you, and what on earth do you want? It's me, said Pat. Who's me, said the doctor. Botheration, growled Pat. Don't the whole owl know the voice of me? It's Pat Donahue, the child was sick, and Missa Throos wants you to come with me, and give her something to batter her. "Pooh, pooh." is that all you woke me up for the child was well enough this noon except a slide cold ruth is full of notions go home and take that bottle and tell her to give Daisy half a teaspoonful once in two hours and I'll come over in the morning she's always a fussing with that child and thinking if she sneezes that she's going to die "'It's a wonder if I don't die myself, routed out of a warm bed, "'without my wig this time of night. "'There, there, go along, and mind you, shut the gate after you. Ten to one, he'll leave it open,' soliloquized the doctor, "'slamming down the window with a jerk. "'I hate an Irishman, as I do a rattlesnake. "'An Irishman is an incomplete biped, a human tower of babble. "'He was finished up to a certain point, and there he was left.' Miss Hall, Miss Hall, if you've no objection, I should like you to stop snoring. I should like to sleep if the village of Glenville will let me. Dear, dear, what a thing it is to be a doctor. End of Chapter 20 Chapter 21 If the last day has come, this child ought to know it, said Dinah, springing to her feet and peering out, as she scratched away the frost from the window, has the devil broke loose or only de horse? Anyway, tis about the same thing. As she glanced in the direction of the barn, massa sakes, there's Pat stealin' off in de night wid Romeo. No, he ain't neither. He's puttin' him up in de barn. Where you s'pose he's been dis time o' night? Courtin', perhaps. Well, dis child dunno. And there's a bright light shinin' on the snow from massa Harry's window. Dinah can't sleep till she knows what's to pay. Dat's fat. And tying a handkerchief over her woolly head, and throwing on a shawl, she tramped downstairs. Massa sakes,' she said, stomping on the landing as Daisy's shrill cough fell on her ear. Massa, just see hear dat? And opening the chamber door. Dinah stood staring at the child, with distended eyeballs, then looking from Harry to Ruth as if she thought them both under the influence of nightmare. "'For the Lord's sake, Massa Harry, send for the doctor,' said Dinah, clasping her hands. "'We have,' said Harry, trying to coax Daisy to swallow another spoonful of medicine, "'and he said he'd be here in the morning.' "'She won't.' said dinah in a low hoarse whisper to harry as she pointed to daisy don't you know massa it's de croup de croup de wuss way massa oh lor harry was harnessing romeo in an instant and on his way to the doctor's cottage in vain he knocked and rang and thumped the old man comfortably tucked up between his blankets was far away in the land of dreams "'What is to be done?' said Harry. "'I must tie Romeo to the post and climb in at the kitchen window.' "'Father, father!' said he, shaking the old gentleman by the shoulders. "'Daisy is worse, and I want you to go right home with me.' "'Don't believe it,' said the old man. "'You're only frightened. "'It's an awful cold night to go out.' "'I know it,' said Harry. "'But I brought two buffaloes. "'Hurry, father. Daisy is very sick.' The old doctor groaned, took his wig from the bedpost and put it on his head, tied a woolen muffler with distressing deliberation over his unbelieving ears, and, returning four times to tell Ms. Hall to be sure and bolt the front door after him, climbed into the sleigh. "'I shall be glad if I don't get a sick spell myself,' said the doctor, "'coming out this freezing night. Ruth has frightened you to death, I suppose.' ten to one when i get up there nothing will ail the child come come don't drive so fast my bones are old and i don't believe in these gay horses of yours who never make any use of their forelegs except to hold them up in the air whoa i say romeo whoa get out the way pat said dinah your patty fingers are all thumbs here put some more water in dat kettle dear now stir that mustard paste. Now run quick with that goose grease up to Missus and tell her to rub the child's throat with it. Tain't no use though. Oh Lord, dis nigger knew she wouldn't live ever since she said that bout the caterpillar. De Lord wants de child. That's a fact. She never play enough to suit dinah. End of chapter twenty one. Chapter twenty two. Stamping the snow from his feet, the doctor slowly untied his woolen muffler, took off his hat, settled his wig, hung his overcoat on a nail in the entry, drew from his pocket a huge red handkerchief, and, announcing his arrival by a blast loud enough to arouse the seven sleepers, followed Harry upstairs to the sick chamber. The strong firelight fell upon Ruth's white figure as she sat, pale and motionless, in the corner, with Daisy on her lap, whose laborious breathing could be distinctly heard in the next room. A dark circle had settled round the child's mouth and eyes, and its little hands hung helplessly at its side. Dinah was kneeling at the hearth, stirring a fresh mustard paste, with an air which seemed to say, "'It is no use, but I must keep on doing something.' The doctor advanced, drew his spectacles from their leathern case, perched them astride the end of his nose, and gazed steadily at Daisy without speaking. "'Help her,' said Ruth imploringly. "'Nothing to be done,' said the doctor, in an unmoved tone staring at Daisy. "'Why didn't you come afore then?' said Dinah, springing to her feet and confronting the doctor. "'Don't you see you've murdered two of them? and she pointed to ruth whose head had dropped upon her breast i tell you harry it's no use to call another doctor said his father shaking off his grasp the child is struck with death let her drop off quietly what's the use of tormenting her harry shuddered and drew his father again to daisy's side help her said ruth don't talk try something "'Well, I can put on these leeches if you insist,' said the old man, uncorking a bottle. "'But I tell you, it is only tormenting the dying.' "'Dinah cut open the child's night-dress, and bared the fair round chest to which the leeches clung eagerly, Daisy, meanwhile, remaining motionless and seemingly quite insensible to the disagreeable pricking sensation they caused.' "'The old other doctor is below,' whispered Pat, thrusting his head in at the door. "'Bring him up,' said the old gentleman. An expression of pain passed over the young man's features as his eye fell upon the child. As yet, he had not become so professionally hardened as to be able to look unmoved upon the group before him, whose imploring eyes asked vainly of him the help no mortal hand could give.' A few questions he asked to avoid being questioned himself. A few remedies he tried to appease the mother's heart, whose mournful eyes were on him like a spell. Water, said Daisy faintly, as she languidly opened her eyes. God be thanked, said Ruth, overcome by the sound of that blessed little voice, which she never expected to hear again. God be thanked the young doctor returned no answering smile as ruth and harry grasped his hand but he walked to the little window and looked out upon the gray dawn with a heavy sigh as the first faint streak of light ushered in the new-born day still the firelight flashed and flickered now upon the old doctor who had fallen asleep in his armchair, now upon ruth's bowed head Now upon Daisy, who lay motionless in her mother's lap, the deadly paleness of her countenance rendered still more fearful by the blood-stains on her night-dress, then upon Harry, who, kneeling at Daisy's side, and stifling his own strong heart, gazed alternately at mother and child, then upon Dinah, who, with folded arms, stood like some grim sentinel in the shadow of the farther corner, The little mantel-clock, meanwhile, ticking, ticking on, numbering the passing moments with startling distinctness. Oh, in such an hour, when wave after wave of anguish dashes over us, where are the infidel's boasted doubts, as the tortured heart cries out instinctively, Save, Lord, or we perish! Slowly the night waned, and the stars paled. Up the gray east the golden sun slowly glided. One beam penetrated the little window, hovering like a halo over Daisy's sunny head. A quick, convulsive start, and with one wild cry, as the little throat filled to suffocation, the fair white arms were tossed aloft, then dropped powerless upon the bed of death. Chapter twenty two CHAPTER Twenty Three. There can be no sorrow greater than this sorrow, sobbed Ruth, as the heavy sod fell on Daisy's little breast. In after years, when bitterer cups had been drained to the dregs, Ruth remembered these, her murmuring words, Ah, mourning mother! He who seeth the end from the beginning, even in this blow, remembered mercy. "'Your daughter-in-law is quite crushed by her affliction, I hear,' said a neighbor to old Mrs. Hall. "'Yes, Mrs. Jones, I think she is,' said the old lady, complacently. "'It has taken right hold of her.' "'It died of croup, I believe,' said Mrs. Jones. "'Well, they say so,' said the old lady. "'It is my opinion the child's death was owing to the thriftlessness of the mother.' "'I don't mourn for it, "'because I believe the poor thing is better off.' "'You surprise me,' said Mrs. Jones. "'I always had the impression that young Mrs. Hall was a pattern mother.' "'People differ,' said the old lady, raising her eyebrows, "'compressing her lips, and looking mysteriously at the ceiling "'as if she could tell a tale were she not too charitable. "'Well, the amount of it is,' "'said the garrulous old doctor, "'emerging from the corner. "'The amount of it is "'that the mother always thought "'she knew better than anybody else "'how to manage that child. "'Now, you know, Miss Jones, "'I'm a physician, "'and ought to know something "'about the laws that govern the human body. "'But you'll be astonished to hear "'that she frequently acted "'directly contrary to my advice, "'and this is the result. "'That tells the whole story. "'However,' AS MISS HALL SAYS, THE CHILD IS BETTER OFF, AND AS TO RUTH, WHY, THE LORD GENERALLY sends AFFLICTIONS WHERE THEY ARE NEEDED, AND THE DOCTOR RETURNED TO HIS CORNER. IT LOOKS VERY LONELY AT THE GLEN SINCE THEY MOVED AWAY, REMARKED MRS. JONES. I SUPPOSE THEY DON'T THINK OF COMING BACK. HOW? REPLIED THE DOCTOR, REAPPEARING FROM HIS CORNER. "'I suppose your son and his wife have no idea of returning to the glen,' said Mrs. Jones. "'No, no. Ruth is of the uneasy kind. "'It's coming and going, coming and going with her. "'She fancied everything indoors and out reminded her of Daisy, "'and kept wandering round trying to be rid of herself. "'Now that proves she didn't make a sanctifying use of her trouble. "'It's no use trying to lodge what the Lord sends.' "'We've just got to stand and take it. "'If we don't, he'll be sending something else. "'Them's my sentiments, and I consider scriptural. "'I shouldn't be surprised if Harry was taken away from her. "'A poor, miserable she'd be to take care of herself if he was. "'She couldn't turn the salt to her porridge. "'Thriftless, Miss Jones, thriftless. "'Come of a bad stock.' Can't expect good fruit off a wild apple tree, at least not without grace as grafted on. That tells the whole story. Well, my heart aches for her, said the kind Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Hall is very delicately organized, one of those persons capable of compressing the happiness or misery of a lifetime into a few moments. Stuff, said the doctor, stuff. Don't believe it. I'm an example to the contrary. I've been through everything, and just look at me. And the doctor advanced a pace or two to give Mrs. Jones a better view of his full-blown peony face and aldermanic proportions. Don't believe it, Miss Jones. Stuff. Fashion to be sentimental. Nerves a modern invention. Ridiculous. But said the persistent Mrs. Jones, don't you think doctor that don't think anything about it said the doctor don't want to hear anything about it have no patience with any woman who'd let a husband sell a farm at such a sacrifice as harry's was sold merely because there was a remote chance she would become insane if she stayed there now i've enough to do plenty to do but still i was willing to superintend that farm a little as my doing so was such a help to harry well well they'll both go to the dogs that's the amount of it a rolling stone gathers no moss harry was good for something before he married ruth had a mind of his own ruth ain't the wife for him he did not appear to think so "'replied the obstinate Mrs. Jones. "'Everybody in the village says "'what a happy couple they are.' "'Oh, my!' hissed the old lady. "'Did you ever, doctor? "'Of course, Mrs. Jones, "'you don't suppose Harry would be such a fool "'as to tell people how miserable he was. "'But mothers, Mrs. Jones, "'mothers are keen sighted. "'can't throw dust in a mother's eyes.' nor in mine retorted the independent mrs jones with a mock courtesy to the old lady as she walked out the door muttering as she went down the road sally jones will tell her the truth if nobody else will Miss Hall,' said the doctor, drawing himself up so straight as to snap off his waistband button, "'this is the last time that woman ever crosses my threshold. "'I shall tell Deacon Smith that I consider her a proper subject for church discipline. "'She is what the Bible calls a busybody in other men's matters, "'a character which both you and I despise and abominate, Miss Hall.'" End of chapter 23